Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. I'm Jim Oliver, your host, and with me today is David Osborne. David, welcome. Thanks, Jim. Great to be with you, man. Hey, David, just take a minute or two. I would say normally I'd say 60 seconds, but man, you got a, you got a great resume. So if you need a little longer, tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing, and your background. Let me go as fast as I can. So I started a residential real estate company in 1997, 96. It was with a fast-growing franchise called Keller Williams. I ended up buying a bunch of franchises. The only reason I did it is my mom was a realtor at Keller Williams, so no stroke of genius in choosing that path. The company grew very fast. I was very aggressive in the growth, and I ended up with a partner owning the largest franchise inside Keller Williams. We do $10 billion or $11 billion in sales, 37,000 units. And we're probably top 10 real estate company in the U.S. out of about 80,000. So it's pretty good numbers. I've been doing it for a lot of time. And then I also started investing heavily in real estate all along the way, as us real estate people tend to do. And I built up a pretty decent sized portfolio of real estate. Started a private equity firm, which was investing, surprise, surprise, in real estate. And we also have written a book called Wealth Can't Wait, which is really kind of a story of how to build wealth. That's my career story. And then on my personal side, I'm a father of three wonderful kids, two daughters and one son, and married to a lovely wife, and uh, run a wealth-conscious sort of holistic mastermind called GoBundance. And GoBundance is for you know achievers to get together where excellence seems normal. And uh, we're constantly pushing one another to be better in all facets of life, from contribution to health, to making more money, to having adventures, just to being all around stand-up guys. That's awesome. Yeah, the GoBundance um, thing, you know, we had Pat Hyben on a couple of months ago and talked a lot about uh, GoBundance. You know, the thing I really like about GoBundance is you're hanging out with other guys that are doing the, trying to do the same thing you are, which is get out of the rat race, kind of build your own deal, hanging out with like-minded people that are motivated that's got to make a huge difference. Sure, there's, and Pat is my brother from another mother, mother. He and I have been friends for 20 plus years. You know, there's this whole concept I have of the universe where we're all on one side of this river and there's this other side and the river looks a little scary and very few people venture across. The other side of the river is where you live off your capital, your wits and your financial freedom. The safe side is where you have a job and you work for somebody else and you kind of make your way through the system. So, you know, when you get to the other side, which is a little scary, but it's definitely very doable, uh, you get over there, if you're still surrounded by people that are on the safe side of the river, you look around going, wow, I've, I've arrived, I'm different than everyone else, I have financial freedom, I must, be, I must be the only one. So we created a tribe of people which are all the people that have made it to the other side. Then all of a sudden you look around and you go, hey, look, there's still further for me to go. Like there's an extra level of testing, an extra level of excellence that I can develop to. I think most successful people start feeling like an island or a lone wolf. And uh, if you don't find the right pack, uh, your motivation to grow might cease. And we try to create a pack of overachievers so that we're constantly motivated to do more, grow more, be more, contribute more, et cetera. So that's really cool. That reminds me of a story. When I was 22, I moved from Kansas City and I was running the Gold's Gyms there. And my girlfriend, which became my wife, was pregnant. 
And uh, yeah, we did that in the wrong order. But and uh, me too. I, yeah, and so we went to uh, Louisville, Colorado, and I remember we were going to try to rent or buy this house, and I see this guy's got you know scraggly beard, long hair, and I'm saying, "Hey, do you know where the owner is? I'm supposed to meet the owner here at the house." He says, "Well, I'm the owner," and I found out the guy owned like 50 houses in Louisville and Boulder, and I said, "Wow, this guy, he's in." a t-shirt that's got more holes than, you know, um, and, and jeans. And he's just, he said, I like to paint. That's why I'm doing this. And I, this is what I like to do. And he started telling me, and I said, wow, what advice would you give me? You know, I'm 22. I'm moving to this brand new area. And he said, uh, he said, well, if you're on one side of the river and you look on the other side of the river and that's what you want, kind of the same story you just told, he said, well, the problem is that most people won't jump in the river because they're afraid they're going to drown. And he said, here's the secret. You won't let yourself drown. Just jump in. And, you know, I thought that was a really simple story, but it really makes sense. And it's kind of a little bit about what this podcast is about is breaking away. Because when you give your bio, you make it sound really simple is, hey, I, I uh, was at Keller Williams and I bought all these other Keller Williams. But what was it, David, or what was it inside of you or what was it that you learned that allowed you to break away or tell us how you did that. Yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called luck. And in the book luck, um, they tell all these guys that they're lucky and they constantly just bombard them with the idea that they're lucky. And then they tell this other group uh, uh, that they're completely unlucky. They're super unlucky guys. And then they send them across a parking lot to go have a meeting and they've thrown hundred dollar bills all over this parking lot. And then the study showed that the people who think they're lucky find more money than the guys that think they're unlucky. You'd be surprised, but the, I mean, maybe it makes total sense, but the unlucky guys are walking around thinking why they're so unlucky. They don't really pay attention. And the lucky guys walk around looking around and they're more observant and connected to their environment because they're feeling lucky and they find more money. I mean, it's a pretty simple, straightforward thing. So I'm going to talk a lot about luck because I like to imbue into my soul that I'm a lucky guy and things are going to go my way. But yes, it is crazy to jump in that river and it is cold. And you know, you're like, Hey, that river, water could be cold. Well, I got news for you. It is cold and the current could be strong. And I got news for you. It is strong. <laughs> it's not easy getting to the other side, but you'll find if you jump in that things will show up for you. Uh, luck will show up for you. Teachers will manifest for you. Um, what teachers are looking for and people that will help you are looking for somebody that's making the effort. So if you're making the effort, you're going to find resources. One of my favorite quotes is, if you're bold, unseen forces will come to your aid. I think it was Gotha or Gotha or whatever you pronounce that. Yeah. And, uh, and for, for sure, my experience has been that. So I just jumped out and started opening these franchises. Part of the reason was they were trying to go as a company and it seemed like the logical next step. So that's kind of the luck part. And then the skill part is just fighting through all of my inefficiencies and deficiencies and incapabilities and lack of capacity to find new capacities and new capabilities. And it's pretty easy to do in the United States of America. We are, we're, we're blessed to have podcasts like yours, books you can read. You know, I started off seeing Tony Robbins quite a bit, and then I kind of outgrew that. Tony was great for motivation and getting it going. And then once I got my internal engine running, which at first that was even hard, like I'd have procrastination or moments of self-doubt and whatever, you'd kind of get into these dead end areas. And then you blow through that. Like for me today at 50, I can hardly remember that young kid who, you know, so when I see young kids, I have to go all the way back and remember the struggles that I had and the motivational issues. And then you kind of burst through that. And then it's just about learning. Like I was a C student in college, so I wasn't exactly a great student. But in life, I'm an A plus student. And that is once you build a business, it's going to get to scale. And as it gets to scale, the limitation is going to be you and your time. And so 
you know, again, I was forced because I was buying multiple franchises to learn to work through other people. And I was lucky enough to be at a company that had great training. They taught them how to hire, how to develop people. So I became a master hirer. And so I hired great people. I had just hundreds and probably thousands of interviews in my time to find talent. And I was able to find good managers, put them in place. And my, the, the correlation, my, my franchises, just imagine a Subway sandwich franchise or a McDonald's. The performance was directly correlated to the quality of the manager that I hired. So once I learned that, I was like, okay, I got to get the winners in business with me. And so I learned how to hire great people. And that, that all kind of compounded on itself. So I don't know if I'm giving you a good answer. The yeah. real answer I have is I just jumped in that dang river and it was cold and the current was strong, but I had enough resources and people helping me out that I was able to make it to the other side by splashing around and kind of taught myself to swim while I was making my way across the river. Um, yeah. But again, there's so many resources out there. It's unbelievable. You just got to open your eyes and look. Yeah. You know, David, that, that was a great answer. And you know, uh, it makes me think of a book called Illusions by Richard Bach. In, great in the, book. In, yeah. And the, remember the story in the beginning of the book that he hand wrote and he talks about this, these creatures that cling to the rocks and then when one creature lets go, and yeah, he gets beaten and battered, but pretty soon the river kind of, or the stream kind of lifts him up and he's flying down and everybody's from the other villages of these creatures are look at him like he's a god. And he says, I'm not a god. You know, I just let go. So people look at people that have, you know, the businesses like you have, and they say, I want to have that. Well, the whole thing is, is that you can't let fear paralyze you. There's only one thing that cures fear and that's action and so you have to jump in the river you got to take chances you got to go all in if, if life's dealt you a crummy hand the only way to win with a crummy hand is to do what you got to go all in yeah and you know what is amazing because that was one of my favorite stories and I held on to little stories like that you know so I'd be like oh my gosh this is so terrifying what do I do and I just remember that story of Richard Bach and letting go and the little pebble floating through the river or whatever it yeah. was that looked like it was flying and then there's other stories, the story of the ugly duckling, you know, which goes, everyone it thinks it's ugly and then it turns out to be a swan or a saying that the rose that blooms last or the flower that blooms last blooms longest or whatever. So all these things were in my head just to keep me going. Little kind of anecdotes like that. For sure, it gets dark at times when you're trying to build something, but it gets dark at stuff if you just sit around and do nothing as well. I mean, I yeah. listened to a Jim Carrey quote the other day. He was talking about his dad and he said, you know, his dad gave up on his dream of being a musician to be an accountant, and then he got fired anyway. And he goes, life's hard enough when you try for your dream and you fail, but it's even worse when you give up on your dream to try to be safe and you still fail. Right. And so at the end of the day, life's going to be tough anyway. And so, yes, just learning to jump in and go for it is really action is, and even with action, you still have fear. It's just feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's exactly right. You know, you said something earlier too, is people that have experience are looking for somebody that wants to put in effort. And it's funny you say that because I have this one company and uh, without going into detail of the company, it could be a billion dollar company. I mean, that's the market out there. It could be at least a, I mean, if we did a really crummy job, it could be a hundred million dollar company. And, right. and you know, what we're looking for is that person that wants to drive it there. At 53, I like doing this. I, I teach people about how to take control of the money flow in their lives and how to create their own banking system and get money to flow to them instead of away from them. And I'm passionate about that. You know, it's cool. I like being an owner of that business and it's a great little business, but it could be a massive business. 
And I, yeah, that's the thing that, that, that we're working to find and develop is somebody who wants to really just take that and make a ton of money and end up being a, a principal in that business. Whatever end of the spectrum you're on, age-wise, experience-wise, there's, there's always opportunity. I'm where you are now. I was, so when I was younger, I wanted to do it all myself and build it and be crazy. There was a point at which I thought I wanted to be a billionaire. And then I watched my dad get sick and die of cancer. And I kind of got to the other side. I have a young family and an old, older daughter who that was a long time ago. And so I've now I'm at the point like you, I just want to find young guns that want to make a difference in the world and want to get to the other side of that river. And I want to help them get across. And at the same time, as they get across, they're helping me build another business opportunity. So it's very similar to what you're describing. Um, I can see a day where the, some of the young guys that work for me own more of the company that we're building right now than I do. And that would be fine as long as they can earn their way into that spot. Yeah. So you don't really own anything anyway. It's more of a stewardship and a transition and getting the right people in place at the right time to take things to another level. And it becomes really fun to sort of watch other people develop and see how they can do. I heard a great quote, which I've always held on to, which is that at 25 million, you escape economic gravity. So you're your net worth goal should be kind of like at least 25 million. If you hit that, then you should have escaped the ebbs and flows of the economy. Maybe it's 15, but whatever it is, it's a good number. Yeah. And then after that, it's all gravy. I mean, it's like, what are they, what, you can only eat so many steaks. You can only, you know, stay in so many five-star hotels. There's really not that much difference, honestly, between a Courtyard Marriott and a Ritz Carlton other than the bill, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's only so much joy you can have with the money. So then it comes about giving it back and making a difference. And that's kind of the, you go out, you crush it, you learn how to make it, you do it by yourself and you learn to work through other people. And then you try to figure out how to, you know, enjoy it. And at the same time, give a lot of it away. Right. You know, it's funny. I have a couple of friends. I, I live in uh, South Dakota part of the time and Naples, Florida part of the time. And in Naples, there's, there's a tremendous amount of wealth. And this one friend of mine, we're sitting uh, on a deck having a beer and he's, and he's looking around just some of the houses. And he said, you know, Jim, he said, you know, if you're worth a hundred million dollars here, you're not even the pimple on somebody's butt down here. And, wow. and I thought, I thought it was just an interesting perspective because I, I won't, uh, I won't say the name of the company, but it's a family company that he's part of that is grand, great grandfather built that he kind of like just, you know, lucky sperm club. And he's worth a hundred million dollars. And, you know, you'd think, well, that's really cool. I wish that was me. I wish I was part of the lucky sperm club, but I almost feel sorry for people that are like that because it's the struggle and it's the, it's the, it's the building it from nothing that I enjoy. And I love seeing people that do that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with inheriting it if you can, but uh, most people don't get that luck and you got to build it. I definitely think there's something to be said for, for building it. But, you know, my kids will probably do okay, and hopefully they'll turn out to be decent human beings as well. The battle and the journey is probably things that you and I like, but there's consequences to that too. Sometimes the builders are a little bit more aggressive, a little bit rougher around the edges, and for sure I've had to fight a, a great deal of battles, and sometimes that makes me trigger finger happy, and, you know, hopefully my kids will be more centered and more peaceful and, and uh, won't be so jumpy like I was when I was younger. I think I've calmed down a lot, which is good. Um, there's pros and cons to all side. If you can grow up to be a responsible, happy, contributing human being, I'm, I'm like you. So absolutely. I can argue for the building it and the fight and all the battles. And I did enjoy all that, but it takes a certain type. You know, I don't know that everybody, if everyone was that way, we'd be having a lot more warfare. In the streets, <laughs> I can tell you that. 
You know, David, I love that answer because I agree with that. My wife, I'm sure, will when she listens to this podcast, she'll be like, she does this little dance where she puts her hand up like she's uh, like she's in church agreeing with you. Uh, so she's she's gonna she's gonna love that little part right there that those uh, few seconds because you're right. I feel like that, but there's a book that was written that these people were writing to their their deceased loved ones. And there was one where a, a son was writing to his father and saying how the father gave him, you know, everything in life and kind of stole him of the adversity that had molded his father. And it was a really interesting story that, you know, everything that the son had admired about the father was built through adversity, but the father didn't want the son to have to go through the adversity that, that he went through. And so it's a fine line, man. It really is to where you want your kids to have everything. And obviously our kids have a better life than we did when we started off. I mean, that's a, that's a great philosophy to adhere to, but you know, you have to let them struggle. I wish I would have let my kids fail earlier on, you know, when they were little kids, because failure teaches you a growth mindset to keep moving and keep growing and keep trying. Yeah. And I try to let my kids fail. You know, I've, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot in what you said there. My oldest daughter is 31 and she's a therapist in Denver and she works with very, you know, poorly treated people, kids, women that were abused and stuff like that. She does great healing work in the world. She's never going to be a tycoon, but man, she's got such a big heart and such an empathetic nature and she's making a huge difference. She probably went the exact opposite of me Mm -hmm. and uh, her, you know, her mom's also an entrepreneur. So maybe that's why my Second daughter also has a big heart. You, you need all these people for sure. But with my kids, I, I heard a great quote the other day, which is every time you solve a problem for your kids, you get a little dopamine hit. Just like every time you pick up your phone, you know, the brain rewards you for activities. And the question is, is that dopamine hit harming your kid or helping your kid? So I remember that. So every time I want to try to help my two-year-old boy unzip his pajamas, I'm like, hey, why don't you just try to figure that out yourself? Like I'm trying to back off from fixing it so that they learn some of that independence and some of that failure early. But for sure, it's not easy to do. It's much easier just to fix the problem yourself, especially when you've spent an entire lifetime becoming a problem fixer. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool that your daughter's doing that and, you know, being a superstar in a different, uh, in a different realm or a different direction. I think uh, I have a lot of respect for people that can do those things and want to help people. You know, I have uh, Nick Costco, who's a co-host a lot. His wife, Meredith, stays home with four kids. Wow. Now, I'm just telling you, David. I don't know how much somebody would have to pay me to stay home and take care of four kids. I couldn't do it. I can tell you that. There's no money in the world that would do it. I couldn't do it. It would just be impossible for me. So that's an amazing woman. And I know another woman that does that. And all the moms out there, God bless them, raising two kids. Is I have a full-time nanny and I still get exhausted just with two kids in the house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how they do it. That's, that's amazingly difficult. Yeah, I don't know either. You know, you mentioned some some great books, and I like to ask people, what's one or two books that if you were talking to anybody that you that you recommend the most or that you give away the most? Wealth Can't Wait is the book I wrote, New York Times bestseller. I have to plug my own book. It's uh, I, written with my co-author, Paul, Paul Morris. I just ordered it. And it's a really good book. It's, it's very thorough. Like, it's really great, massive information. As a pure book, I should have just written five books, because if you think about it, the compound effect or you know, as a man think if they, they take one idea and they really elaborate on the one thing by Gary Keller, they just take one idea 
this was really more like everything I could think of. So it's almost like a college course on entrepreneurialism from A through Z inside the book. It's easy to read. We wrote it in short chapters and uh, I spent seven years writing it. It was way harder than I thought it would be. But I think there's a lot of good information in Wealth Can't Wait that it's kind of like everything I did to be successful. So if you think of it from that point of view, it's, it's rich with information. But my favorite book of all time is probably As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. Uh, it was written in 1800s. It's very short, easy read. The general concept is the outside world is a direct reflection of your thoughts and how you manage your thoughts. Anytime I find myself thinking negatively or defeatedly or passively, I sort of try to rework my own pipes in my own brain, my own thought patterns. And I also know that everything I know right now has gotten me to exactly where I am and to get to the next level is just out, out of my sight. So it's like in your peripheral vision, if you hold your hands above your head until you can't see them anymore, that's the information you have to grasp to pull yourself up to the next level. And so how do you find that information? You have to be open to it. You can't be a know-it-all. You have to be willing to receive it. So as a man thinketh, of course, think and grow rich. Yep. I read so many books, 30 a year. I can tell you what my favorite one for this year was uh, because sure. I, track, I track them all and I write, write down which ones I like the most. I read uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight this year. I thought it was great. Stealing Fire was a super fun book. And The Miracle Equation by my good friend Hal Elrod. Miracle Equation, if you're just getting going and trying to figure out the fundamentals of winning. And then Stealing Fire is a great book about hacking supernatural powers. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I read, I read a lot too. And I think that's the one, the one piece of advice that somebody gave me when I was about 18 years old is they said, read at least an hour a day and you'll separate yourself from everyone else. Uh, because you'll learn so much. And you, I started with those classic books, a lot of them, the same ones that, that you mentioned. And a funny thing about the thoughts that you said and the negative thoughts, I, my golf game's been struggling a little bit lately and I've had negative thoughts. And so I was just, just read a book, a really short read called Zen Golf. And he says, when those thoughts come into your head, you just have to let them flow right through your head and out. And, and, and you know, that's a great advice for for everything throughout your day, you know, in your relationships, when negative thoughts enter your head, what do you do with them? You can't leave them in your head because as a man thinketh would tell you that's, that's gonna, those things are going to grow. You just have to let them flow right away from you. Just like let them flow right away from your body. And that's um, right. You can't really even control them. So trying to control them is a mistake. Yeah. You just, just let, let them go. Just let them go. You know, just yeah, try, yeah. Try, and maybe think of a more positive thing to take that place. That's why I'm very obsessed with goal setting. And I write down about 80 goals a year. I'm certainly 40 or 50 of them inspire the heck out of me. And so I just go review my goals. I try to look at them, you know, every morning, but my goal is only look at them 50 times a year, once a week. Cause when I'm on vacation, I usually don't look at them at all. Just really implant and program your brain with your intentions and your outcome goals. Um, going back to Jim Carrey, he wrote a check to himself for $10 million. His goal was to make $10 million on a movie within the next five years. Boom, mission accomplished. He did that. So, you know, you can focus on your outcome goals and just kind of really put your energy into that. And, you know, my experience is you almost always get what you aim for. Maybe not the way you thought you'd get it, but it'll, it'll show up. Exactly. You know, I'll go back to golf for just a second. When you're about ready to hit a tee shot and there's a lake on the right and you think to yourself, don't hit it in the lake. What do you think? <laughs> That's a disaster. It goes in the lake every time. Every time. But if you look at, let's say, the 150 marker and you say, hit it right at that 150 marker, you'd be surprised if in your brain you say to yourself, hit it at the 150 marker, your body, your brain, your hands, everything just sync up 
and you hit it a lot closer to that 150 marker. So it's the same way in life and in business. If you don't have those goals written down and you don't have a plan of keeping your focus on what you want, then you're not going to get it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the brain I've heard doesn't distinguish between the negative and the positive. So if you say don't hit it in the lake, the brain is going to hit it into the lake because all the brain hears is hit it in the lake. It can't distinguish don't and do. So it doesn't distinguish those. It just sees the vision. So, uh, and we've all had shots too in golf where you're like got a good feeling like you're going to make a putt and it's a 20 footer and you make that putt. Like there's that confidence that sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had that. I'll sometimes get this confidence right before I strike a ball that I know it's going in. And it often does, you know, and it's, it's kind of a miracle to the positive as well. And the same is true of life as well. So very, very wise words. Yeah. You visualize that putt. If you think, Hey, don't hit it too far past or don't, you know, don't leave this short or, you know, you have those negative thoughts. That putt has no chance of going in. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It's normally when you just don't really care that much that you're like, I know exactly what this putt's going to do. I'm not questioning whether I know what it's going to do. I'm going to hit it. It's going to go in. And, and, you know, it does a lot more than it doesn't. So wrapping up, you know, go abundance to hang out with guys that are similarly minded. How does somebody learn more about go abundance? Well, go abundance is just like the word abundance with a G O instead of the a. So go abundance.com is the website. You can apply there. You, you got to have some certain criteria to get in. And then we do have a apprentice program as well. And then you can also reach me at davidosborne.com, last name O-S-B-O-R-N, davidosborne.com. That's how you find me. And I'm happy to help anyone that is willing to do the work to get to the other side of that river. That's awesome. Well, hey, David, I really appreciate your time today and I appreciate all the wisdom and thoughts and, that you shared and the stories that you told. Really appreciate that for the audience. I'm sure the audience does too. And, uh, hopefully we can have you back on sometime in the future. Jim, great to be with you and appreciate all you're doing to help people come. The stronger the people coming up are, the better this country will be and the better the world will be. Amen. I agree with that. Take care. Thank you, David. Bye, Jim. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.